Hi, welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Spotlight Series. I'm your host, Brooke Ritchie Babbage. Every Tuesday on the regular Nonprofit Mastermind podcast, I do a deep dive into the strategies and mindset behind launching and leading a high impact nonprofit. This spotlight is a special weekly series in which I showcase and celebrate the organizations in my Impact Accelerator program, lifting up their mission, their work, their personal stories of leadership, and their incredible impact. This week, I'm talking with the founder and leader of Kota Alliance. Jana Renstrom founded the Kota Alliance to elevate and expand the capacity and the impact of incredible women's organizations around the world. There are so many organizations doing incredible work. And what she found is that too often they simply aren't able to work in concert. They don't know about one another. They don't have the capacity to figure out how to work together in service of the women and girls in their community. That's where Kota comes in. At its core, Kota is about gender equity and women's empowerment. They work both locally and globally to create real synergies between organizations that serve and support women and girls. Their goal is to serve as the interstitial tissue between these organizations, creating communities and efficiencies that expand impact. Our conversation is really, really great. I always love talking to Yana. She has such insight both into what it means to build an institution that centers equity and that really empowers the women and girls that it serves. And because she sees connections between the chess pieces on the board, which I always feel is really exciting. Um, And that's what Kota is all about. And so our conversation today lifts up her thinking and Kota's impact, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Hi, Yana, how are you? Hi, thanks. Good morning. Good morning. It's so great to talk to you here on the podcast. We've been talking off podcast for quite some time now, so I'm excited to uh, to bring you onto the show and, and showcase your amazing work. Thank you. <laughs> um, so let's dive in. I have been a huge fan of Kota for quite some time now. I think you guys are building something really incredible. You have your new space, your actual physical space, um, and you're just building this wonderful nest, Kota nest. Um, But why don't we share with our listeners sort of high level, what is Kota? What's the mission of Kota? Right. So um, I usually say the Kota um, is um, an organization for gender equality and women's empowerment. And that's sort of like you and jargon, but um, it kind of, you know, know, encapsulates um, what we are because we're kind of a lot of things actually. Uh, We're um, rather than a direct service providing organization for like one cause, we're more of an umbrella organization for many other women focused nonprofits that do do, um, these kinds of things, often different kinds of things, but they all contribute to gender equality and women's empowerment. And we're also both local and global. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've always found really um, interesting and exciting about your organization is all of the different ways that it addresses and tries to impact the issue of gender equality. I know you've worked a lot with the UN, you also work hyper locally, and this idea of being an umbrella sort of creating some um, interstitial tissue 
between yes. organizations that are on the ground um, that, you know, have their nose to the grindstones and are doing direct service, basically saying to them, hey, we can have our our head above the trees and help bring resources together and um, yeah. share information. I think that's really powerful. Why did you, why is that the focus? Like, I know you've been doing um, this for quite some time and this issue of women's equality and gender equality is something near and dear to your heart. How did you come to found COTA in particular? Uh, well, my background sort of is in, uh, um, you know, medicine, um, yeah. I was a gynecologist, uh, yeah. gynecologist uh, for many years until I retired in 2015. Um, but I also have been a human rights activist all my life. So that this yeah. sort of brings my two things together, my, my two passions together. Um, and I just noticed because I was also, uh, after I moved to New York in 1982 uh, from Finland, um, I noticed that I was very active in organizations, um, including uh, I founded a Finnish cultural organization um, here in New York. And uh, through my, uh, my uh, previous human rights work, I knew a lot of people in that field. And I just sort of started noticing that everybody was working a little bit kind of in silos and not really collaborating or even knowing about each other. And everybody was struggling financially. You know, the rents are so expensive in New York. Yes. And people were either working for free, you know, or with very low salaries. Um, and uh, I just thought that there should be a way to bring people together to share resources and, uh, you know, save some money in the process and perhaps be able to pay people a little bit better yeah. uh, for doing all this work. Uh, and also not to duplicate each other's efforts, but more to kind of, you know, collaborate um, in a productive way. Yeah, uh, and I just thought that that would really um, increase the impact uh, and free you know free up resources for actual work you know the programs and uh, increase the impact. So we just want to basically facilitate that process. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about how you do that. You mentioned Kota does a lot of things. There are different arms. Walk us through what Kota does and what those sort of arms of work are. Right. Um, so we worked for, um, ever since we were founded in 2015, we, uh, uh, we joined the Center for Social Innovation in Chelsea, uh, which was a workspace for nonprofits yeah. and other creative types. Which Beautiful space. Yeah. Space and doesn't exist anymore. But that's where we got, we made a lot of connections there. And that's where we were able to start having programming. So um, we just had programs, um, you know, um, interesting topics, panels and things like that, bringing people together. Um, and um, then we also did notice that just in order to get funding, we really had to have some direct programming. Mm -hmm. So for instance, we, uh, we organized um, two summers in a row, we organized um, digital storytelling courses for uh, teen girls. Yeah. You know, and that was, that was very fun <laughs> and, and <laughs> hopefully useful for these, for these girls um, and uh, other events like that. Um, and now that we are uh, have moved to northern Manhattan to Harlem, uh, that's sort of the result of our thinking that what really um, needs to happen for women's empowerment is um, one of the basic things. Well, a couple of basic things. One is wellness. You really have to be well and healthy to be able to do anything. Uh, and the other one is economic empowerment because poverty is just, you know, you can't really do anything until you have you know, economic um, That's right. capacity. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're focusing on right now. And I know that a lot of the work that you'll be doing in Kota Nest, um, which, which we'll talk about in a moment, um, will focus on this economic empowerment piece. Yeah. What are some of the things that you're doing around economic empowerment? I know, you know, you talked about being an umbrella organization, bringing together into one space, it's been online, but hopefully one day soon it will be in person, um, organizations that are doing economic empowerment work on the ground. What does mm -hmm. that look like on sort of a week-to-week -week basis for COTA? Well, yeah, this is, this is just really in process. It's changing a lot right now because of the physical space. It actually uh, enables us to do so much more. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, right now COVID is a little bit like receding and we hope it stays away. <laughs> um, but um, we can't have large numbers of people together in the building, but we can have smaller groups. Um, and also it just forms like, um, you know, it's like a, a basis for our operations and we can also from there we can go to other other places um but we might have for instance we just um just um organized a, a couple of uh digital literacy classes so computer skills oh that's so women. fundamental yeah. yeah yeah and this of course became very uh, obvious during covid is how you know how necessary those skills are and if you don't have them you get left further and further and further behind. Uh, and we're focusing particularly on, you know, not so much the girls because, you know, the young kids uh, have a lot of opportunities and they're so quick on the uptake. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, middle-aged women and, you know, who are going to be in the workforce still for maybe 20, 30 years yeah. and often in low paying jobs, you know, such as home health aides and uh, cleaning ladies and people like that, um, immigrants with low English skills, mm. um, you know, who actually, you know, they just need need those skills. Um, and so fortunately, we've been uh, lucky to get the support of, for instance, the Next 50 initiative, you know, to support the training of home care workers. So that's the next thing we're setting up this year um, to upskill them, um, which means that, you know, we find the teachers uh, or we find organizations that are already doing that and partner with them and yeah. offer them the space to do that or a platform if it, if it uh, can be done virtually. One of the things that I really love, and you've done this virtually, and now, you know, as you build out your space, you'll be able to do this um, in person. Going back to this idea of an umbrella and sort of efficiencies, there are so many incredible organizations, as you know, doing work domestically and globally around just, for example, this issue of digital literacy. And so many of them don't know about one another. So mm -hmm. many of them, you know, maybe offer um, computer skills and other ones offer budgeting skills. And wouldn't it be great if the same women knew about those? And I think, you know, you and I have talked about how that's part of your vision for Kota Nest and for the role that Kota will play. Have you seen that kind of synergy in play? Have you seen that play itself out in your work? Um, yes. Um, I mean, actually just the, the, just the mere fact of bringing people together and meeting each other um, and I think in person is really important. You know, yeah. of course, we kind of get to know each other virtually over Zoom as well, but it's not the same thing. And yeah. when you have an event, you know, it, it starts and it ends on Zoom, but in real life, you meet before and you can stay, linger behind afterwards and chat with people. And that's where those real connections are made. And that's where people discover, oh, we can have a joint program or, you know, uh, we can advertise your program and you can advertise our program. Um, and, uh, you know, 
amplify your, your reach this way. Yeah, you talked about um, the folks on digital literacy and working with the, the home health aides. What else is coming up this year that you're really excited about? I mean, I know this building is so central. What does your year look like? What does the, the rest of the year look like for, for COTA? Right. Um, well, we tend to kind of plan our, our actual events, maybe just like three months in advance or something, you know, because things just keep coming up. That's right. Um, you know, and we do have a strategy. It's been sort of, I have to admit, opportunistic, you know, so far. <laughs> um, but it's worked out, but we actually now have more of a strategy to develop Kota Academy, which is uh, you know, more programming, more courses and classes under that uh, under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and one thing that I'm interested also in pursuing now that we have this location in Harlem is encouraging women to run for office because that's really ultimately you know the, what's yeah. going to bring change. Uh, and women just have to feel confident enough um, in their own voice uh, and, you know, to dare to, to do that kind of thing. <laughs> so oh, we hope to promote that. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. That's something you'll be focusing on this year. Uh, yeah, we're going to try to do something like that, perhaps in the fall, or maybe it'll go into next year. It just depends on how much resources we have. And, yeah. So but how can people learn more about COTA? You have online events, you have in-person events, you have organizations that might want to partner with you. Where can folks go to learn more, to get involved and to support your work? Yeah, well, to our website, www.cota-alliance.org. Or you can email me at Jana, that's J-A-A-N-A, at Mm -hmm. cota-alliance.org. And uh, we'll uh, work something out. We have love to engage volunteers, you know, in planning events and uh, things like that. And of course, with the building itself being there, there's all kinds of opportunities for space. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we would also like very much to get to know the Harlem community a little bit better. So particularly engage with uh, local grassroots organizations and women entrepreneurs. And maybe we could do something for women entrepreneurs, you know, maybe a pop up shop. Yeah, you know, thinking about that maybe from around Mother's Day or something, we could do that. That's uh, the building, yeah, the building is going to uh, require some renovation, but we're going to try to do it in stages so it doesn't interfere too much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And also, it see it appears that we are going to be able to uh, house some people, overnight guests, uh, kind of a better breakfast situation. Uh, we will have people staying in the house. Um, which I think is great given your international work. Yes, so we're particularly looking forward to uh, offering, you know, affordable lodging for guests from abroad, but they could also be from, you know, from the US. Um, and uh, yeah, and sign up for membership. Members will get some discounts and some perks, of course. So um, yeah, looking forward to seeing um, a lot of interesting people there. That's wonderful. Oh, and we also plan to have a kind of a childcare space, not really a formal daycare center, but maybe just a kind of a nursery kind of situation where if the mother is in the building, he knows mm-hmm. we'll have someone, someone qualified, you know, to watch the kids. Um, oh, that's a huge, <laughs> that's yeah, huge, especially that you start offering more programming. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love, of course, being able to highlight your, your wonderful work and what's coming in 2022 for COTA and for you and for your space. And as always, it's been wonderful talking to you, Yana. Well, thank you. You've been such a great help for this whole journey. (laughs) Have a wonderful day.
Thanks, you too. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think what we talk about here, the trainings and the guests and the conversations could benefit another leader in your life, I'd love if you would leave a review and share with your friends. If you want to take the next step and begin to put into practice what we talk about on this podcast, I've created a toolkit where I collect and share downloads from many of our conversations. It's got templates, worksheets, and references to help you execute on what we talk about here on The Mastermind. There's lots of great stuff, and I add to it almost every week. You can download it at richiebabbage.com backslash architecture of impact toolkit. I also want to share another free resource for leaders of growing nonprofits. It's a free training. It's called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. The four questions you need to ask to know if your nonprofit is really ready to scale. Growing an organization doesn't happen by accident, as we all know. You have to take the right strategic steps at the right time to avoid overwhelm and burnout and that horrible feeling that so many of us have had as you watch the work of your organization outstrip capacity and sometimes even funding. It's almost impossible to reverse engineer good growth. And by that, I mean growth that can be sustained over time just by looking at what you think you see in other organizations. So in this free training, I help cut through all the noise and I identify the four simple questions that if you really engage with them and think about them, will tell you when you're ready to grow without frenzy, without overwhelm, and with the confidence that you're making the right moves for your organization. You can access the training at richiebabbage.com backslash ready to scale. If you'd like more leadership resources and strategies in your life, sign up for my weekly newsletter, Leadership Forward 321. Each week, I curate and share three articles, two resources, and a quote on a theme. You can get that at richiebabbage.com backslash leadership forward 321. That's all for now. Have a great week, and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.